All right. Good evening, everyone. Let me see. Maybe. Chest. Test. Can you hear me? You hear me, but I don't hear it coming through the speakers yet. I'm on, yes. Yep. Test, test, test. And Pat can hear me, but I'm not through the speakers. Test, 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 test. Not yet. Hmm. All right, well, Pat can hear me. Oh, wait. Starting to get there. So it's just not loud enough. Is there a way to... Uh, I can. Yeah, I'm going to have to turn one of them off. Power on off, press, hold, mute, green. Test, 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 test. One of my wife's favorite memes is uh, it's rained twice this year. Once for 42 days, once for 37 days. So... What about now? We're good here, but uh, not okay. I think I think we can survive with what we have. I'll talk loudly. We'll see if we blow out Pat's ears. So you good? Okay. All right. Let's open in a, a word of prayer this evening. Loving Father, we do thank you for another day, another day of life you've given to us, the very breath you've given us to to go through this life today. Thank you for loving us and providing for us. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to spend time in your word. Pray that you bless our time of study and that we will open our hearts to what you would speak to us tonight through your word and that we can learn the lessons you would want to have us learn. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be starting at or around uh, Genesis chapter 42. Uh, I forgot to mention, because a few people asked, we did not make it to Nome this weekend. I know the big Nome trip for our anniversary was on everybody's mind. We talked about it last week. After a couple hours at the airport, mechanical failures, um, and they basically said, do you want to fly on a plane that's not working or not fly? So they decided to cancel the flight. And they were going to rebook it so we would get there Saturday evening and fly home Sunday morning. I didn't think that was worth it. So my wife's big anniversary trip to Nome was canceled. And uh, we did a trip to Independence Mine. So it was a first. And we did Hatcher Pass and uh, Miller's Ice Cream. So that's, yeah, that's it. Now, nobody cared about anything else, but Miller's Ice Cream got everybody involved. So, yeah. Uh, so it was a fantastic anniversary is what I'll say. Don't ask her. She's busy in the back. Just assume it was great for her as well. So, All right, Joseph, uh, chapter 42 in Genesis. So Joseph is now down in Egypt. He's vice Pharaoh. You've got the famine. You've got the seven years of good that occur. We're in the second year of famine. Remember, God had predicted all of this. This is what's going to happen. The people now have given Egypt all of their money to buy food. So all... Um, 
Joseph and Egypt now has all of the money of the people. And in fact, we'll see over the next few chapters, or if we were to go verse by verse, they end up giving all their livestock, they end up giving all their land. So Pharaoh now owns everything in the nation. So Joseph's plan made Egypt a very rich nation. But in year two of the famine, the famine has reached beyond Egypt, and now Joseph's family, so Jacob and his family, are running out of food. And so that's, that's where Jacob says, you know what, we're not going to survive here. So he sends his sons down to Egypt, because they heard Egypt had food. Sends his sons down to Egypt to buy grain. Okay, So we have in chapter um, 42 through 48, give or take, we have the Joseph's brothers showing up. And we have this interaction where Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. Now, I don't know what's going on there. It's been 20 years, so I know I look the same as I did 20 years ago. Everybody I know around me has changed. That's what's remarkable about it. So you start to think about 20 years. You also think about a completely different culture. Joseph has gone, would have been a nomad shepherder to the royal family in Egypt. He probably dressed differently, looked differently, ate differently, plus he put on 20 years. Okay, so it is very possible that his brothers, and they're not—they're not expecting him, right? They're not expecting this at all. His brothers uh, do not recognize him, whereas they say we're from a land back home, and Joseph would have immediately known. Oh, that's where I'm from. So Joseph recognizes his brothers. He goes through this interplay where he seats them down at the table by order, birth order, right? Then he plays this thing about putting a, uh, a goblet in one of their bags so it looked like maybe they stole it and it makes them come back. He goes through all of this, but eventually in chapter 48, he does reveal himself to his brothers, right? So before we talk about some of the specifics, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Um, what would have been your action or reaction if you were Joseph and you see your brothers. Now let's be honest. I'm one of six kids. Growing up, if one of my brothers walked by and punched me, I didn't go, I forgive you, brother. Have a good day. Right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. So he's a teenager. He gets sold into slavery. He ends up in prison. Right? Nearly 20 years, he's punished and in a miserable life. Now he sees his brothers. Is Joseph in a position that he could inflict some punishment on his brothers? I mean, yeah, he could say the word and they get killed right there and nobody questions it. I mean, could he sell them grain at a greatly inflated price? Could he charge? He could do anything he wanted. So what would, what would you do in this situation? Well, we know what Joseph does. And so my, my question is, did Joseph have to forgive his brothers? No, he didn't. Right, he did not. Um... Did Joseph's brothers ask for forgiveness? Had they at any point expressed remorse to Joseph? Before they knew who he was. Hmm. Yeah. So, why did Joseph forgive him? So I want us to take a minute to talk about the power of forgiveness here. Now, when I talk about forgiveness, I'm going to talk about human forgiveness. What that means is, has nothing to do with forgiving sins. Right? There's a difference. God's forgiveness is about cleansing us of our sins. That's not what we're talking about. If you sin against me and I say I forgive you, I didn't cleanse you of your sin. 
I don't have that ability. I don't have that authority. I don't have that right. But what I mean is I'm not holding that sin against you, right? But that sin still has to be forgiven by God, okay? So think about the power of forgiveness. Joseph did not have to forgive his brothers. He was in a position to punish them, but he chose to forgive them. And I want us to talk about as a lesson here, do we forgive the way we should? It's a simple question. Do we forgive the way we should? Modern day Christians, churches, us as people, do we forgive the way we should? Now, my first instinct is we're all going to say, why, yes, we're Christians. We forgive the way we should. But do we? I mean, we don't. Let's be honest. What we see is grudges talking about, well, yeah, I forgave them, but you know what they did to me seven years ago? Well, then you didn't forgive them. You're sitting here talking about something they did to you last year, last month. You didn't forgive them. And, oh, by the way, you're sinning. You're sinning and, and gossiping about them and talking about them. And so I see a real lesson here of that we as Christians probably can take. Um, I think Joseph shows us that they didn't deserve forgiveness. They hadn't earned forgiveness. They didn't come back and ask for forgiveness. But he forgave them anyway. And very few of us have been wronged the way Joseph was wronged. Right, think about that. Your life was completely taken away in prison wrongfully. And it what one wrong that happened to Joseph led to another lie that hurt Joseph. Let, I mean, it. very few of us. Um, but I think that we tend to have, um, tend to, to sort of forgive people. Oh, I forgave my wife when she did X. But I bring it back up when we argue. Well, then I didn't forgive her. Right? If I'm using that against her, that's not forgiveness. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish, and we've mentioned this before. So I'll, be, I'll give a blunt example. Let's say I lose a job for embezzlement. And I get another job, and I lose a job for embezzlement. And so then I come here the next year, and I say, I want to be the treasurer of the church. That's not wise. You can forgive me, but you also can love me enough to keep me out of a situation that may lead me to sin, right? Now, if it's been 10 or 20 or 30 years and I have a life that shows that's not who I am, that's fine. Or if I wasn't a Christian and now I've changed my life, that's all fine. So I'm not saying we're unwise. But if we're going to forgive somebody, then we don't talk about it with them. We don't talk about how bad they are because of that sin. We don't, talk, we don't hold it against them. So does the Bible say that the people that sin against us have to ask for forgiveness before we forgive them? This is a really controversial topic. I looked it up today. There are people that will say you do not have to forgive anybody until they ask for forgiveness. By the way, that doesn't appear in the Bible, but that's what, it say, that's what they say. Okay. Me forgiving someone else is about what I'm doing. Them asking for forgiveness is about what they're doing. I can't control what anybody else does. My responsibility as a Christian is to forgive. Does the Bible put any stipulations about my forgiveness? Yeah. So what happens if I don't forgive others? Yeah, we hear that from somebody pretty important. Anybody remember who said that? Yeah, that was Jesus himself. If you don't forgive others, don't expect your sins to be forgiven. Well, they didn't ask for forgiveness. I don't see that. What I see Jesus saying is if you don't forgive others, your sins aren't going to be forgiven. 
He says that more than once. In fact, when he teaches us to pray, he prays about that. He says, hey, you're going to forgive others the same way Jesus is going to forgive you. You don't do it, he's not going to do it. What if they don't deserve forgiveness? That, that's the answer right there. When was the last time I deserved forgiveness? Oh, but I asked God for forgiveness. Oh, so that makes that means I deserve it, right? Oh, but, oh, thank you. And the word from above. Wonderful. All right, so we're in chapter 42. Joseph, no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully we don't have to repeat. That's a great answer. We didn't deserve forgiveness. So if I'm going to put stipulations on someone else, God's going to say, wait a minute, the same way you forgive others is the way I'm going to forgive you. Well, I'm going to forgive them, but that doesn't mean I have to forget about it. Again, there's wisdom in not letting somebody be put in a situation to be tempted. But if I forgive them that way, what does God say? That's the same way I'm going to forgive you. And so I'm going to stand before God in judgment, and he's going to say, unfortunately, you weren't forgetting about their sins, therefore I'm not forgetting about your sins. I mean, what I see with Joseph is he had all the power. It was a one-sided relationship. He was not obligated to give them grain. He was not obligated to forgive them. He was not obligated to help them. And it's not exactly the same as God because Joseph is not God. But it's a, we're going to talk in a minute about the, how Joseph points to Jesus. This is the same type of thing. We stand before God in a one-sided relationship. We didn't earn forgiveness. Oh, but God says if I ask for forgiveness and confess my sins, he'll for- yeah, but that's not because of my confession. My confession doesn't have magic in it. They're not magic words. God, if you forgive me, then, hey, I'm No. The forgiveness is purely a gift from God. Are there things he wants me to do in my life? Yes. But forgiveness is purely a gift from God. And that means in my life, I shouldn't withhold forgiveness from anyone. Now, you may say, well, what if they're still sinning? Hey, I'm not talking about leaving somebody in sin. Right? We have directions about we, we see somebody in sin, what we're supposed to do. But there's a purpose behind it. Galatians six one talks about how we go restore a brother with gentleness. Ooh, we sometimes forget that, right? We we go to restore him by saying you're an idiot and you sin. Don't do that, right? Gentleness, right? So uh, that forgiveness, I think, is a really important lesson because I could have someone sin against me, and I could end up in sin by the way I react to it. Think about that. Someone walks up to me, um, steals my wallet, because court wanted to go out to eat tonight, needed some ice cream afterwards, steals my wallet, punches me in the face, and I end up in sin as well because of the way I react to it. All right? Now, that doesn't mean I can't go get my wallet back, right? But I punch him. Well, now I've sinned. Or uh, he gives me the wallet back, and I'm out money, and I, I'm going to hold that against him forever. Now I'm in sin. In fact, he could ask forgiveness and stand right before God and me not stand right, and he's the one that sinned against me because of the way I reacted. I think the story of Joseph is a really good, really good lesson about forgiveness. So if you want to go look up Matthew 6, 14, the Lord's Prayer, Luke 6, uh, when Jesus is teaching about forgive, you'll be forgiven to you. Even Matthew chapter 18, you know, the question, how many times do I forgive my brother, right? Seven, seven times 70. The number could be a million. There is not a limit. That's what God's trying to say, right? Um, And then one other thing about forgiveness, and this is probably a different lesson because this is a hard thing that I struggle with in my life, and that's 1 John 1, 7. Because we are to confess our sins to God. 
but I don't want us to think that this is the way we walk through life. I'm a Christian. I'm walking in the light. I sinned. I am now condemned to hell. God, forgive me of my sin. I'm now saved. I walk in the light. I've sinned. I'm condemned to hell. It's two days before I say a prayer. God, forgive me of my sin. Now I'm saved. That is not the way a blood of God works. That's not the way it works. When you read that verse, if you walk in the light, it is in the light, the blood of God, blood of Jesus Christ. The way it should be translated continually cleanses us of our sins. It is a progressive, ongoing thing. My forgiveness is not dependent upon me. I can mess it up. I cannot be someone who confesses my sins regularly. But if I'm speeding down the interstate and that's a sin and I have a wreck and die, I'm not condemned to hell because I died speeding and didn't have time to confess it. God's blood is, Jesus' blood is much more powerful than that. We've really put God in a box. So we sometimes misunderstand forgiveness and sometimes it's as hard on ourselves as we are on others. But the lesson I see here from Joseph is, boy, there is value in forgiveness and that is the way we are to act. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. No, so again, uh, so I'll use another, I'll use a real life example. Um, as an elder, we had a gentleman, um, and he confessed this publicly, uh, he was arrested for pedophilia, okay? So we end up going and talking to him, meeting him in prison, and then he came while he was out waiting trial, and he went to prison for six years, Okay. Um, and he was, when he came back to church afterwards, he was registered as a sex offender and we had forgiven him and allowed him to be in church. However, we didn't allow him to go to the hallway with kids without an escort with him at all times. We didn't allow to go to the restroom without an escort with him at all times. Multiple reasons. He was already tempted in this vein once and it was recent. Again, this is not a man who at age 20 did something and now is 40 and we say this is a different man. No. Mm-mm. We also loved him enough and we told him all it takes is one person making an accusation and you go back to jail. We don't want that to happen to you. And so we love you enough to protect you when you're here. We also love the other 450 members enough to protect them. So that doesn't, we completely, in fact, he was able to lead a prayer when it was his turn. He's either a member of the church or he's not. He's not still practicing this. We have forgiven him. We believe God had forgiven him. We don't know his heart, right? That's not our job. But again, you don't put the... I want to be a a chaperone on the father-son campout. I'm sorry, you can't do that. I'm sorry. We're not going to allow that. And by the way, we have a policy that says you do a background check, you can't teach in Bible class either. We love you, we care about you, and we're going to protect you. Well, then you're holding this against me. No, we're not. We are protecting you. You've also been out of prison three months, so there's also some time that needs to go by. But uh, that is not a lack of forgiveness. That is wisdom. You know, you don't put the person who's been arrested for embezzling in charge of the church treasury. There's wisdom in that. So, Other questions or comments? Okay.
right and that's a good point so um we aren't told not to judge but god is the judge of the heart god is the judge of eternal salvation and we have to make sure if we do judge we use the righteous stick as we're told in several places but um you're correct there are times well so i'll use another example you're talking about giving those offenses to god so that i can forgive them very good friend of mine does anybody remember the story oh goodness how many years ago fifth 15, 20 years ago, the preacher in Tennessee whose wife murdered him. Do you remember this story? Right. Good friend of ours. Knew him. Still know his dad to this day. He's a very powerful gospel preacher. And he talks about the fact. Now, this man who watched his son get murdered by his wife, okay, went to the courtroom every day, tried to pray with her every day. But he said early on what he had to do was turn it to God. He said, as a human, I could not forgive her early on. And he finally had to say, God, this is yours. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said it took a while. It wasn't like a week after she had killed their oldest son that he's going, oh, it's okay, sweetie. No, it took a while. But he said, I had to basically give that to God because I wasn't strong enough to do it myself. And he said, over time, God gave me that strength. Um, So much so that they went before the judge and asked for leniency for her because they didn't want their grandkids to not have either parent. It was a terrible situation, but the situation was done, and nothing was going to bring back their son. But he said, yes, same thing. I have to, give, I have to let God be the judge. And people said, well, did she really repent? And they, that wasn't their role to decide that. She said she was sorry. They let it drop as best they could. It still affected them in a lot of ways, but you're right. They had to give it to God, and that's something you have to do, and let God judge that. Let God judge their heart. Let God judge their motives. That's not my job, but my job is to try to forgive. Now, that is not easy. If you've ever been personally wronged, and I think it's harder for in two situations, a real family member or a family member of the Church of God, uh, Church of Christ, God's Church. I think those are two hard situations. If I'm driving down the street and somebody cuts me off in traffic, Hopefully I'm mature enough to not hold that against them for the rest of my life. But when someone you love or care about, someone who's close to you does that, and I think that's why God is saying, I mean, look at Joseph. These were his brothers. This was his entire childhood, adolescent, early life, gone. That's hard to forgive. But he makes a good point as you're going in Genesis chapter 45 and Genesis 50. God meant it for good, right? He gave it to God. This was God's plan. This was God used this, and that's what he had to do to get through it. Yeah. Tony? Yes? Yeah. Why didn't you verify? They only found my coat. That's what Tony was saying. He had to... Also kind of forgive his dad, the whole backstory. Why didn't you come look? Think about that. You're 16, 17, 18, and you disappear. One thing my daughters knew was I would come looking for him, no matter what. Joseph didn't do that. I mean, I'm sorry, Jacob didn't do that. Yeah, you're right. He had to do a lot of forgiving. He had to forgive Potiphar. I don't want anything to do with these Egyptians. Look at what Potiphar's wife did to me. These Egyptian people, I was in prison unnecessarily. He had to get through all of that. I don't see anywhere that he went back and killed Potiphar, right? Went back and killed Potiphar's wife. We don't know because that was he, he didn't go back and seek revenge. Now I'm in power. Let's seek revenge on all these people. And let's face it, there's a part of us, I've been wronged before, and there's a part of me at times that thinks, 
boy, I sure hope that person, maybe they don't die, but maybe they'll hurt themselves and have to suffer a little bit, right? A broken leg that's pretty bad. You know, and you think, oh, that's terrible. We've done it before. We feel kind of petty at times. That's a human nature. You wrong me. So this is what I see. Uh, you know, I'm a forgiving person, but you ever come after my kids? Yeah, I don't see that exception in here. I'm a forgiving person, but if my spouse ever... I don't see that exception in here. See, it's easy to forgive the easy stuff. What makes us different is we're, we're supposed to forgive the hard stuff. And boy, that's a challenge. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. I've struggled with it before. I'm sure many of you have as well. Yeah. Jackie? I don't, I don't think that's the case um, because, again, I don't think you may be able to see them. So the question is, if you forgive them, do you have to tell them? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so there's nothing in the Bible that says I have to tell them I've forgiven you. Um, I would hope, and now if you're a brother in Christ, I do have an obligation. If I, um, if I, What does Jesus say? If you're going to give an offering... And your brother, you have something against your brother, what do you do? Oh, give your offering because it's important to worship. Nope. You stop and go take care of it. So if it's a brother or sister in Christ, I think there's an obligation there to make sure things are right. So, uh, But that's more about our relationship with our brother and sister. But we... Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, Joseph does not forgive him when he sees him. That's not the way that works. Generally, seeing the person that wronged you doesn't make you a more sympathetic, loving, caring person. At some point before this, he had made a decision. I'm not going to let this change my life. I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to let... And that's, again, I've seen that where somebody is so bitter and it changes who they are and it affects their effectiveness in the work of the Lord uh, or it affects their relationships. Uh, and Joseph, at some point, had made a decision before this. Yes. Yeah. So he did have a, that. Is a good point. He, his, his, when he first saw them, he wanted to know: Is my dad alive? Yeah. And it gets back to what Tony said: My dad, is he alive? Maybe that's why he didn't come after me. He's alive. That's great news. But now, wait a minute, Dad. Why didn't you come after me? Yeah. And then it's Benjamin, right? Yeah. Well, but but they didn't even know he was Joseph at that time. Yeah. But he also wanted to test their genuineness. He wanted to know was Benjamin there. Yeah. So it is. It, so it is a little funny this game he plays with the cup in the bag. And I don't. And I don't fully understand that. Somebody might. Tony might go ahead. Right, now, yes, because you give them the grain, they may never come back. They may say that guy was weird or that guy was different. So now he's got something holding him. Tony's saying, put Simeon in jail for a legitimate reason. Now, he didn't really steal it, but everybody said, oh, the cup's in your bag, you're going to jail. That forced them to come back, and that forced this, this next interaction. And again, his goal was to see his dad and to know about Benjamin. The other thing, though, the other lesson from this, because we talked about Genesis 45, 5 through 8. So Joseph says, you did not send me here, but God did. God sent me ahead of you to preserve life, okay? And then in Genesis 50, 20, after Jacob has died, 
You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Okay. Joe, this is the lesson. Joseph recognized God's role in his life. Now, I did not say Joseph recognized God's role in bringing him as vice pharaoh. Joseph recognized God's role in being in the pit, and being a slave, and being in jail, and being vice pharaoh, and being away from his family so that he could save his family. God meant it for good. Now, you notice he didn't say, God used what you did. For all he knows at this point, he said, God sent me ahead of you. This wasn't a passive thing where God went, oh, his brothers did this. I got to use this in some way. Joseph said, God needed, God used, God, God caused me to be here so I could save the family. Joseph recognized God's role in his life. What we might say is good, bad, in between, the tough, the easy. So here's a challenge for me, and I don't know if it is for you. They call you and say, you didn't get the job. God, why didn't you give me that job? Or do I say, God, thank you. Thank you for that opportunity and for not letting me go to that. Because God's playing a role in that. Now, that doesn't mean God is, he's not a chess person that's moving every person around you. Let's make this car get in this lane. So you, That's not the way God interacts in our lives, I don't believe. Free will of humans, sin gets in the world. But do I thank God? Do I recognize God in all parts of my life? Well, my mom has multiple myeloma. It's a terrible thing. She's had to have a stem cell transplant. It ended up failing. She's not in very good health. Thank you, God. Well, I can't say that. Why? I don't know. Is it a blessing? I've told y'all it's affected one of my brothers so much that he's come back to God. My mom will tell you she'll die today if it means her children go to heaven, if it's going to bring one back, because she's got one that's still not a Christian. So isn't that, so how do I, do I recognize God's role in my life? Or do I say things like, it was fate. Please don't say it was fate. (laughs) I've just got bad luck. No, I believe luck is what the odds say they are. You know, if you flip a coin, good luck doesn't mean you get more heads than tails. It's still 50-50, I promise you. Yes, ma'am. That's a good point. You, you said forgiveness is for us, and it gets back to, yes. Mm-hmm. So the example I'll use is, we already know we're blaming Jackie on the rain because she said she has the raspberries, right? So I could hold that grudge against her. It's rained every day because Jackie prayed for rain for the raspberries, right? Well, I don't actually forgive sins. It's not a sin, you know I'm joking, but I don't actually forgive sins, right? That's what I said earlier. So the forgiveness is not so I can say, I cleanse thee of your sins. No human does that. The forgiveness is so I can move past it. I don't hold a grudge. I don't burn up inside. And ultimately, there's a part of I want our relationship to be right. You're a sister in Christ. And if you're not a sister in Christ, I want our relationship to be right so I can affect that. Right? So either way, there is a part of I want that. That doesn't always come about. Um, we've had people in um, as an eldership that had come to us, and we basically said... We understand you guys don't have to talk to each other. It was that severe. But they both hugged, shook hands, hugged, and said, okay, I forgive you, but I just don't think our families are going to be able to be bosom buddies. Now, they didn't punch each other when they walked back. They said hi to each other. They were, 
but they weren't they they weren't going to be able to get to that at least not at this point now hopefully one day in the future they could but there was a certain amount of you got to get past that first step where it's going to burn you up yeah all right one more lesson and i won't spend much here because we've talked about it so much um Joseph trusted God regardless of the situation. We've talked about this, right? God can use any situation. God did not explain to Joseph what he was doing. God did not give him a window into the future. God did not send a dream or an angel to say, Joseph, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. didn't matter. God doesn't call us to understand his plan. He doesn't call us to know every aspect of his plan. What he calls us to is faithfulness. And that's what we see with Joseph. And so uh, we're called to be faithful regardless of the understanding. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 talks about we walk by faith, not by sight. So we're called to walk by faith. God, I don't know where you're leaving, leading me, but I'm going to let you lead. Oftentimes, I say, God, I don't know where you're leading me, and if you'll show me where you're leading me, I'll take the next step, right? Or I'll pray that God will make his plans what I want my plans to be. And that's not what Joseph did. Joseph allowed God's plans to be his plans. Um, and there's a difference there. Instead of, God, if, you know, if this is the right job for me, let me take this. You know, it's, um, God, if you get me this job, it'll show that it's, you know, well, wait a minute. I let God, I'm supposed to be faithful to God and not try to talk God into my plans. Nothing wrong with asking, but Joseph was faithful to God. So, All right, we're about to leave Joseph. Anything else? Yes, sir. Mhm. 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 And the, yeah. Cuz all they cared about was themselves and their families. They thought Joseph was going to be mean, so the the point here was when you read uh, Tony talks about when you read chapter 50 before Joseph said um, you know, this was God's plan, essentially. He said, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, okay? Before that, we see the brothers. Jacob has died. Our dad has died. Joseph's going to treat us badly. Now, why did they say that? Joseph's been more than nice. Well, the reason they said that is because that's the type of people they are, just to be honest about it. That's the way they would react. Now that dad's gone, ooh, I'm going to lower the hammer on him, right? And so they don't care. They're about, let's just save our families, they aren't even about, let's make it right with Joseph, really. They, they come up with a deal, but it's about, let us just save our families, right? And so even, Tony said, even if the other people haven't changed, that doesn't change the way we forgive them. Now, again, if somebody every day walks up and punches you in the face, you can forgive them, but you also can walk a different direction. You also can avoid that street corner, right? I'm not saying be stupid, right? Well, this man next door shoots anybody that walks in his yard. Oh, I'm going to let my kid walk over it, right? We can forgive, but they may never change. And it gets back to what was said earlier. The forgiveness isn't about them. Now, there is a sense of, there are times where we're supposed to talk about restoration. That's a different process, right? Restoration is about me going to them and trying to bring them back. And that is something I try to do. But they may not be willing. They may not be a Christian at all. They may have no interest. Forgiveness is about what I do regardless, right? Forgiveness is about what I do regardless. Anything else? Yes, sir. Four. Mm-hmm. 
That's a very good point. So Ephesians chapter 4, I think it's 32 and following, or just before 30, right? Uh, talking about how we are to forgive just as God forgave us. We'll be imitators of God in that sense. And the idea, because I do this too, and I don't know if I can forgive that person. Then I think, wow, look at what I did in my life. Oh, wow, you know, I've done this. God's forgiven that in me. And God has sent his son and forgave it before I ever became a Christian, right? He... He sent that so that I could be forgiven despite how I was going to act. It wasn't like he said, well, Stephen's going to mess up once. Let's send my son. Well, Stephen's going to hell without this. So I'm going to send my son and save you. And I like the second part. And it gets, we just touched on it a little bit earlier, but not as much as I would like. So it's a good thing. Perfect. You read my note. The point is, if I forgive that way, what did you say? People are going to say, what, what about it? Mazed. Why did he forgive me? They're amazed by it. But there's a, there's a purpose because really the end goal is I want to be able to say, well, you forgave, why did you forgive me? And then you helped me come to God, right? The end goal, or if I'm already a Christian, you, you forgave me and I treated you that way. I need to be different, right? So either I come to God because of that action, right? Or I'm restored because of that action. Or I'm strengthened because of that I'm not just forgiving for myself. That is the reason we, that's what we can control. We can't always control the reaction. But the goal is restoration. The goal is salvation. So the person I know, the preacher whose son was killed, his goal was to get his daughter-in-law to heaven. She had killed his son. But he will tell you to this day, I want her to be saved one day. I'm not just forgiving her so I can write a good book about it or so they can do a good uh, TV movie about it. I want her to be. In, I want her to say, "How can you not hold this against me? Will you tell me what makes you different?" That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We killed his son. You know, that new, the new command Danny's talking about, love one another as he loved us. We killed his son. He forgave us. He loved us. He provided a church for us. He gave us his word. You think about that. Because I would have a hard time. I'm going to tell you up front. I am going to be honest and human with you here. I would have a hard time if you killed one of my children. Now, again, I know somebody who has, who has gotten there after years, who is, who is there. But I would have a hard time with that. God doesn't begrudgingly give us because we killed his son. That's not the way it works. He doesn't, well, I told him I was going to forgive him. I guess I forgive He is wanting to forgive us. He is outpouring his love. And again, Joseph is not God, so please don't think I'm equating that. But this is an illustration. The story of Joseph points to Jesus, right? I mean, here we have a man who is wrongfully accused, right? Wrongfully imprisoned, right? People told lies about him, right? The people, his family rejected him. How did the Jews receive Jesus, right? Yet despite all of that, Joseph is sent as a savior to 
God's chosen people. Joseph is not Jesus. But he, God sent him to save them, right? Jerry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's that goes beyond even what Tony was saying. They weren't just, hey, you know, he's going to treat unfairly. They lied to him. His brothers went to him and said, before our dad died, he said, you must accept us and forgive us and be... We don't read that in Scripture anywhere, and it says they made it up just to try to protect themselves. They were still lying and scheming, and Joseph said, hey, I forgive you. Because, again, it was God. It was, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what God wants. You know, his brothers were still that way. And, again, please do not think I'm throwing this out there like, oh, this is easy. If you're holding a grudge, how dare you? This is one of the things I struggle with. And I, I'll be completely transparent. I have one of these memories. I was in a meeting today, and somebody said something. And I said, actually, in March, they presented that, and the number was, and I said the number was seven, pediatric. They said, how in the world do you remember that? It is a blessing. I can read through something. You know, I'm one of these straight-A students, get a 100 and everything. But at the same time, I can remember, I can remember what people did against me. And that is a struggle for me. I can remember conversations sometimes that I had 30 years ago. And not striking conversations. They're just kind of passing conversations. And I struggle with that because if you wrong me, if I'm not careful, I will say, well, you know. So I've got four brothers and a sister. And if my dad were to pass away, I'd start bringing up all the ways they wronged me and why I should get to be the one who gets the bigger inheritance, right? Well, no, I, I hope I wouldn't do that. But it would be easy for me to do that. This is something in my life that, that I work on. I don't want to hold that grudge. I don't want to remember that. I'm never going to be God where God truly doesn't remember it. Um, I think it's funny. We talk about on the day of judgment, we're going to stand before God, and he's going to open the book, and he's going to say, Tony Cloud, Tony, 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 with a white, Tony Cloud. Oh, here's all your sins, but Jesus forgave them. Nope, that's not what he's going to do. You know what he's going to say? Tony Cloud. Tony, I don't see a single sin here. And that's what he's going to say. Uh, no, he's not. Yes. Because he doesn't remember any of them. Tony, you were perfect. You can come to heaven. Well, Tony wasn't perfect. Sorry, I'm making an assumption there. But, but he doesn't remember a single one of them. Yeah, that's what I need to say. Amen. Yeah. But it's not that God's going to look there on the day of judgment and say, oh, you've got all these sins and Jesus paid the price. No. Let's read that New Testament. He's going to go, you're perfect. You're I don't remember a single one of your sins because aren't we told he's going to forgive them and remember them no more as far as the east is from the west, right? God's not going to say, well, these are your sins and they're forgiven. He's going to say, Tracy, you are perfect. And you're saying, amen, no, I'm just, you're perfect. Come to heaven because you lived perfect. That's hard for, oh, that's arrogant. No, 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 no. It's not because Tracy was perfect or Tony was perfect or I'm perfect. He, he, Jesus is perfect, and so he has no sins in that book of life for a Christian. There is no memory of a sin. I can't ever do that. I'm human. My brain doesn't work that way. I will try. I will strive. But I will never forget 
I just can't. Well, maybe one day God will take my memory and I will forget, right? I don't know. But I can't. That's, not the, way, that's the way God works. And that's pretty neat. And I had not thought about that until I was much later in life and somebody explained it. And again, that's, oh, that is an arrogance on the part of the Christian. No, that is faith in Jesus is what that is. Paul says, I will boast about one thing. Yeah, and it's, it's Jesus. It's not Paul. You know, it's not Stephen. And so if you're going to boast, boast about the fact that you are perfect. People say, do you have sin in your life? And your answer should be, no. I have sinned, and I will sin in the future, but I do not have sin in my life because the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses me from my sin. That is not arrogance. And I want you to be that way. I want you to be without sin. Not because you're not going to make mistakes, but because the blood of Jesus, right? All right. Who was it I was supposed to keep me off my soapbox last week? Who did I say that to? I can't remember. All right. Well, thank you. We are going to get to uh, uh, who's oh um, Pharaoh and the midwives. Great story. And Moses next week. Uh, and then after Moses, we may take a brief detour just to step away from the children of Israel, just to have a break, and maybe do Jonah and then Daniel, and then pop back just so we can not spend. Uh, all of our time in Exodus. Exodus can weigh you down if you do too much time there. So, All right, thank you. Remember a couple things. Number one, uh, the children will not be out, so we'll not wait on that. Oh, and then the hike this Saturday, I was supposed to remind somebody I'll make those announcements. But um, And I didn't mean to imply that I was offended Sunday at the closing announcements when I made that joke. I was not offended. Tierra knows that I don't like her, and so she knows that I wouldn't say that. In front. Um, about age. I am not a young adult, and I don't pretend to be one. So I hope I, nobody took that the wrong way as I tried to make a joke Sunday. So, yes, sir. <laughs> I shouldn't have been offended, right? All right, thanks, everybody. Y'all have a great week. I don't say this enough. Love y'all. Appreciate you. Thank you for your comments. We will see you Sunday.